I'm Holly from Salonology, and when I had my spa, I used timely appointment booking software. I loved their innovative features, which helped me to deliver an exceptional client experience, build a booming and busy business, and give me the freedom to run my salon how I wanted. Their UK-based support team were always there to help with my needs, but what wasn't there was long-term contracts or hidden fees. As one of our listeners, you can exclusively enjoy 50% off Timely for your first three months when you go to www.gettimely.com and use the promo code Salonology. I'm Holly Power and I recommend Timely appointment booking software. And this is the Salonology Show. We're back for another episode of our particularly really funny podcast. I don't know about that. No. But welcome along. This mm-hmm. is episode 29, our podcast for salon owners of all shapes and sizes, wherever you sit within the industry. We hope that you will be uh, both educated and entertained by our uh, <laughs> 30 minutes of nonsense coming up. But we do like to make them a little bit more interesting with our new format, where we answer your questions off the cuff live on our podcast mm. in fact the next podcast that we're going to be recording it's going to be done in a slightly different way isn't it so it is mm. uh, but i'm just thinking if it will already have been released i'm not sure i can't no, work that sure. out no i'm not sure Either way, there's some exciting stuff in the mix coming up for us. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll have met so a lot I, I of you I feel like now. we should explain what you were yes. just talking about there because yeah. that's going to make no sense to okay. most people otherwise. Yeah. So, Olympia Beauty. Olympia Beauty. Which at the time of recording this hasn't happened. No. At the time of this being released will have happened. Yes. And one of the things we're doing there is we're going to do a live recording of the show. We are. But I'm not sure where we're slotting that into our actual release schedule. No, me neither. Um, no, I'm not really sure. We should probably speak to the producers. Or we probably should find out what's going they're on. The, they're the smart ones that know. Well, that maybe stuff. we just do it live and it's not recorded. Maybe. I don't really know. Maybe we should be having this conversation off the air. Maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we should just get on with it, right? <laughs> Let's get, get on, on with, with it. it. Right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Start. I'm gonna pull this first question yeah, right, here. Go We've got a question we got? from Vivi. Oh, hello, Vivi. Uh, lovely Vivi. Yeah, um, she is lovely. She is a good. Good egg. We say that about everyone. We're so lucky to have such nice people. We don't have any bad eggs, do we? Now, she's asked us a question. This is for both of us. Oh. So she said, How would you teach how to scale up a business to enable exponential growth? And what would you do if you were to do it again? What a good question. Excellent question. Yeah. Okay couple of things well maybe we should sort of roughly scoot around what we were tempted to do which we chose not to do we did which yeah. maybe we shouldn't reveal complete intricate details in case we want to sell that idea at some <laughs> point um however okay good question so do you want to go first on this or not yeah I, i'll go first go um then. i think if we were to do i'll go more about the what would we do if we were to do it again because that's obviously what we looked at and you know I think what happens with a lot of people and this is what happened for myself as well is that you kind of just get the business open that's what we do we just try and get the business open you get very excited it's passionate you just want to have your business and you want to have clients coming through the door so sometimes you forget some of the important foundational elements that will help the business to be able to be scaled up stronger it's a bit like when you build a house and you go well I'm just going to build one floor so I'm going to build enough foundations to build one floor and then you realize you want to put an extension and build another floor up 
but the foundations aren't deep enough. So you have to go back and redig those foundations in order to make the building strong enough to build more floors on top. So I would always think if I was going to do something again, that I would get those deeper foundations in place at the very, very beginning. So the business could be scaled quickly. And that would be through a collection of things, but how we basically how we put our processes and policies, procedures, our technology in place to make sure that our business was as strong as possible. So our marketing could be done really, really easily and that we didn't have to sort of go back and circle back to things once the business was open. And I would focus on a certain selection of treatments and experiences that would be essentially exclusive to my business. And uh, I would work very, very hard on focusing my business towards my dream client. And it would it would be a, a, a small but very successful business. Okay. And, and, and to answer as well, to link it back rather to Vivi's question, it would also be one that could be easily replicated. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think, which is kind of what she's asking there, yeah. isn't it? How can you scale it? Right. Yeah. And very much the way that we had thought of doing it, Vivi would have been multiple locations rather than one giant location. Mm-hmm. Right. One giant location is actually quite difficult to scale for a number of reasons mm-hmm. because at some point, you hit ceilings, right? Yeah. <laughs> Both physically and metaphorically, right? Because you've got an issue. Most people have an issue where their business grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And then they hit the ceiling if they're really successful because they've got no more treatment rooms or they can't get any more good staff, right? Because they are fixed in one certain location. So then you have a bit of a problem then, right? You can't mm. just grow more rooms no because typically you're going to be restricted especially if you don't own the building which obviously the vast majority of business owners don't own it so either you then are faced with an issue of opening a second location or another location or moving the business to somewhere bigger Mm. which again has its own costs associated with it so i think a good way to do it and knowing vivi's business as we do this would certainly work for her potentially is I think that you would, I think if we were to do it again, and again, this might work for her in terms of, I mean, she talks about exponential growth, then I think the way you need to do it is is set it up from the start in a way that is scalable and repeatable. So you have your own business model that works in one particular location, Mm -hmm. and then you simply multiply it out across other places. So you build one first to Mm -hmm. make sure that it works. Mm -hmm. And the only way you can do that is if you're not the person that's running it, Mm -hmm. because this is the problem that a lot of people have when they come to open number two. Well, what do you do with you? This is the problem, right? Mm -hmm. If you're so much a part of business number one, which most people are, because Mm -hmm. it's just them typically when they very, very first start, right? Yeah. Then what happens when you get to the point when you open another one and you realize you can't replicate yourself? So you need to take yourself out of that and you need to make sure you've got, as you said, the systems and the processes and the procedures in place so that it's a a blueprint, if you like, Mm -hmm. for a business, which then people can just roll out time and time and time again. So I think that you have to have basically your own business blueprint written Mm -hmm. and it would be, right, I want this type of location which has got to have xyz nearby and it must have these number of people in the vicinity so i know that i can get staff and i will always only offer these treatments at these prices serving this client for Mm -hmm. example and you get very very tight on exactly what you want to do and how you want to serve it and then once the first one's successful 
with someone else in it running it, you then go off and find another one and you can do it again and just mm. repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, at some point, you are still going to run into some headaches because at some point, you can't, one person, the owner can't oversee, you know, 50 sites mm -hmm. if you ever got that far so at some point you would still have to make sure that you've that you've got other people in the team it's really a bit more of it's almost like a franchise model really yeah. i think is how i would do it so it would be repeatable you know as we all know if you're going to any franchise right subway mcdonald's anywhere you like every single one is identical right mm -hmm. that is the point and the way they have to market it is identical and the way they have to train their staff is identical and the way everyone dresses is identical and that is i think what you would have to do as well for your exponentially growable business within our industry i think you would follow those same principles mm -hmm. that's what i would do anyway yeah i agree awesome what a good question yeah really good question love that one right would you like to yeah, select sure. the next one? Okay. Uh, Sarah, this is from, I don't know which Sarah. Ooh, could be I a don't couple. know. don't know who sent, well, it might not be, it could be someone, this might have come, I don't know. I don't know where this has come from. Yeah. Could be from true. anyone. Yeah. Some over-exaggerated dancing <laughs> going on there with, uh, with an envelope. <laughs> okay. This is a question for you, Holly. And the question is, did you find it difficult to make the decision to sell your spa? <laughs> well, look, there's two sides to this because, you know, selling the spa totally transformed where my life was into what it is now. Is one place better than the other? No, not necessarily. My business is very different now that I have to what I had previously because previously I had a business to consumer and now I have a business to business business. When I had my spa, there were certain headaches that came with it that don't now exist in my current world. And that obviously made my life and trans transition from one to the other a little bit easier. But of course, there are certain elements of having a salon that were amazing. And I loved having my team 99% of the time. Um, are you we saying had, you don't enjoy your current team that you work with? I do enjoy the current team that I work with. Just but not me. <laughs> I do enjoy you most <laughs> of the time. Um, but the specifics was actually physically being around a team. Yeah. Which, of course, we don't have now other than ourselves within our workspace. And the dog. And the dog, um, who, you know, is amazing. And I used to really enjoy the social connection that came with having a team. Uh -huh. I also used to enjoy the social connection that came with our clients. Yeah. Which, again, I saw physically, as opposed to digitally, as I do now. So there were some really wonderful things about owning the business. Don't forget all the free treatments. All the free treatments were wonderful. I like to go in and have my facials and stuff done. But I also just liked to be around the business. You know, if you're going to be in a business and in a business environment, salons are probably one of the nicest sort of environments that you can be in. Because whilst they do come with some element of stress, they're also filled with good vibes and good energy. And it's filled with people walking out feeling and looking good majority of the time. So if you're going to be somewhere on a daily basis that is your own business, then I do think that somewhere like that is the best kind of business that you can have because it's such a sparkly and bright and fun uh, environment. So selling the business was was difficult in that 
it was an emotionally stressful time going through the whole process. And then beyond it, we were actually out the country when the business sold because it had been going on for such a long time. We had no idea when it would happen. And we happened to be in the States when we received the official phone call that the sale had gone through. And because of the setup of the buyers, it meant I actually physically wasn't able to visit the premises after the sale. And I never got to go in and sort of say goodbye to my business or sort of, you know, step away from it. So emotionally, it was it was difficult for parts as well. But where I am now gives me the position and the opportunity to still use all my ideas and inspiration because I get to feed that down to our community. And I still get to work within the industry doing this. So I'm not totally separate from it. And now I have more time to put into this business. Excellent. Mm. Good question. Right. I'm going to pick this next question God, here. Is this our last one for today? This is I our think last it is. one we've, for oh, today. Oh, I've got another one here. Oh, we've got that one. We can oh, no. have that. Yeah, we have. Yeah, 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 we got a couple more we can do. Yeah, okay. Right, let's have a look at this one. I don't actually even know who this is from, but it's for the both of us. Oh, okay. Interesting. Oh, wait, we do have a name signed off here. This is from Lucy. She says, what do you like best about being a salon cheerleader? That's a great question. Okay, well, I'll start with this one because that's actually the title of my role. It is. I'm a salon cheerleader. Well, I assume it's a Um, question for you. This is both at the top. Okay. So you're a bit of a... Yeah, well, you're, I suppose you're a cheerleader, aren't you? Okay, so actually it sort of links back to the last question that I was in uh, that we just answered, which was about, you know, what would we do if we did it again? If we had a different business and we opened another a salon or a spa, which is something we had previously talked about. And of course, now we work exclusively uh, supporting our salon owner community. And I think what I like best about it, of course, is it's being able to see people go on this journey and this transition and we see it all the time and and the sort of this typical cycle is that people for example somebody will come and join our goal club and at first they'll be like oh my god there's so much there's so much to learn and they'll get like they'll just get really excited about everything and they'll try and work out what am I going to implement first what I'm going to and they have to sort of take a step back and slow down and then they they sort of do like the pricing spreadsheet and they look at their numbers and they're like oh my god I've got to change my numbers and they start to build confidence around that and then they do the next step which might be or they they start working on their email system or they start working on their Facebook ads or whatever it is they start coming up with new interesting services and experiences they change how they market themselves they change how they value themselves and then this is one moment that you get from pretty much everybody goes to girl club where you suddenly get this post pop up and it might be from somebody who never posts in the group Mm -hmm. it might be from somebody who's always posting in the group and it always goes along the lines of it's finally happened i've just realized and it's always like a a moment where they've realized they've smashed all their goals Mm -hmm. or they've been able to buy the car they always wanted Mm. or they've just booked this incredible holiday or they've upgraded themselves to first class or they've had to take on a bigger premises or they've got their first staff member or whatever it is. It's something that was a massive goal for them and they've suddenly achieved it and it's suddenly happened because they've put the things in motion. And that is the best thing because we could have another business and we could have gone and opened another spa or salon and gone down that route and made that our focus. We would have only ever seen one business really win because we would have been working on our own. Now we get to see 400 win. And that's really cool. And we get mm. to be part of it all. What would you say is your best, best I would, bit? I would probably say the same thing. I know that doesn't make for a very interesting answer, but I think pretty much anyone that does any sort of coaching of any description would say wins of their clients is the is the most satisfying part of mm-hmm. the job definitely mm-hmm. especially yeah. if you've especially if someone's taken a specific 
a specific thing and put it into place. Yes. And then they've like, oh, I didn't think this would happen. And mm. it has. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so grateful. And it's like, don't be grateful to me. You did the work. Yeah. You know, I just encourage you to do it, you know? And I think that, I think, yeah, and, and we get, we get a lot of emails yeah. that say that sort of yeah. thing. And, and that is definitely the best thing about it, undeniably. And whilst seeing as Holly has already plugged our gold club, that is the pretty much the only way that you can work with us, our group coaching program. Just go to salonologygoldclub.com for all the details. It's probably less expensive than you might think. Yes, we actually don't really mention our gold club a lot in our podcast um, oh, but I think is, that might be the first time, first we've, time ever we've ever mentioned, mentioned it. it. Um, it's taken but it, us that, 29 that is, episodes. That is what we do. We we have a community of very dedicated, committed salon owners, and we kind of teach them all the bits and pieces they need to know and give them lots of inspiration on how to move forward. And it works. They get the results and we, we see it and they stay within the Gold Club because they continue to get the results. And yeah, I mean, there's some people in there who are just doing insanely well and whilst we like to claim the credit it's it's not it's them doing the hard work but we got to be part of the journey with them by by creating some of the the guidance along the way and that's just awesome right i'm going to pass you the last question last one and it's been a couple of episodes since we've had a question from lorna yeah so it's about time we had another well actually it says on it it's a question for me excellent oh okay i'll read that to you then shall i thanks Lorna. lorna she says she gives she gives some good questions as well. She is yes, there's some high, excellent yes, ones. Excellent. Okay, Lorna says, oh, okay. She says, what is the biggest marketing mistake you see from salon owners? Biggest marketing mistake from salon owners. Well, mm. the biggest marketing sin, which I've spoken about before. Yeah. I will, I will stick stick with my guns. If I, I think I wrote about it in in the book, being boring. Yawn. Being boring, being vanilla, being plain, being the same as everyone else. That is unquestionably the biggest marketing mistake going. Let me give you an example of someone who, first thing that's just popped into my mind, incredible marketing off of the 90s, right? Tango adverts, Mm -hmm. right? How good was Tango's advertising? It was brilliant, right? Why was it brilliant? Because it got everyone's attention Mm -hmm. it was completely different to what everyone else was doing i mean i think they got loads of fines for it but i very much doubt they cared for some of the some of the ones because they just did something very very different to everyone Mm. else now do you have to pay hundreds of thousands of pounds to some design marketing agency to um do something like that for those results uh no of course you don't but what you do have to do is just do something different to what everyone else is doing right Mm -hmm. this is this is the thing most most marketing for most salons is is pretty bland Mm. right which means the bar is incredibly low which is good news for anyone who's listening right because what they're up against is probably not going to be that groundbreaking in most instances and again one of the things that we see quite a lot from a lot of our clients a couple of very very successful ones as well what they do so very well is they do things very very differently to other people there's someone who i'm sure jumps straight into your mind we won't mention any names because there's there's no need to but they for example make hilarious videos mm-hmm. and we've spoken about them on the podcast before right now that is brilliant because what they're doing is entirely different to what other people are doing yeah. right it's, it's just literally the opposite mm. and if you do something the opposite way to everyone else then by definition you are going to stand out right now important thing to note here i'm sure that there are lots of people 
who don't like those videos and probably have stopped watching them and probably don't follow them and probably would never ever give them any money. That's fine. It's absolutely fine to polarize people. You don't have to appeal to everyone. In fact, if you try and appeal to everyone, you're just going to appeal to no one. And mm -hmm. I think, again, that is one of the big problems. I think, I think people uh, try to appease everyone mm -hmm. and are worried they might offend people. And, uh, and I think as a result of that, they play it way too safe. Mm. Whereas I think if you want to be seen, then you would be much better off doing something in a different way to everyone else. And that doesn't mean you have to be, I'm not talking about being offensive. I'm not saying you have to swear in your marketing yeah. or in your advertising or in your videos, or you don't need to be naked in your videos or whatever to get people's <laughs> attention. Although that would get people's attention, it would, it would. right? But you just have to do something that's different. Yeah. You just have to do something in a different way to how everyone else in your marketplace currently does it. And I would imagine that if you, right, everyone I would hope follows the pages of all of their competition right in their in their local area i mm -hmm. would hope or mm -hmm. at least looks at their pages occasionally just to see what they are doing mm -hmm. and the reason why i would recommend that you do that is so that you do something different to how they do it mm. right so look at how they're doing their promotions look at how they're doing their setup and just try and do something completely opposite mm. within your marketing but also also actually within everything really you know, how they've got their website. Well, why not do yours in a different way? Or they've got their reception set up like this. Well, why not do yours differently? Or they've all got this same coffee machine. Well, don't have that. Have a vending machine or something. You know, just whatever it is, try and do the opposite. Whereas I think what a lot of people do is they go, oh, this one up the road has done that now. That's a good idea. I'll do the same thing. It's not a good idea. Mm. Just copying other people and doing the same with them isn't a good idea because your clients are going to see lots of different salons, right? Mm -hmm. They are they not necessarily be a customer of lots of them, but they're going to see their stuff. Mm -hmm. So therefore you want to be standing out from the crowd in any way that you can. Mm -hmm. It might be, for example, that you all have neon uniforms, right? It might be that your thing is that like your logo has got like splats of paint all over it and you've all got paint all over your, or maybe you wear aprons mm. instead of tunics, mm -hmm. or maybe all of your team are in barefoot or whatever it might, you know, it could be anything, right? It can yeah. literally be anything, but the point is it needs to be different. Yeah. So the biggest sin is being boring and the second biggest is just being the same as everyone else, I suppose, because mm -hmm. they're not quite the same thing, no. but they are certainly linked. Excellent answer. Thanks. Thanks very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Lorna, for the wonderful question. Great, as always. Right, let's wrap this up then. All right. Nice one. Excellent. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Yeah, this is the end to have of you here. episode number... 29. 29 oh. of the Show podcast. We'll be back in another two weeks do us a favor and go and leave us a little review on itunes we would really appreciate that hey and why not share the podcast with someone else if you've enjoyed this we'd love to hear what you think and also please do send us in a question if you've got a burning question that you would like holly or myself to answer um, then we will do so and we will do it blind all you've got to do is send it to anna a n n a at salonology.uk Anna is our head of customer happiness and she has a palindrome for a name which is always good that means is that why you hired her? 
it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I hired her. And uh, she will make sure that it gets to us in a sealed envelope so that we have got no idea what it could possibly be. And if you'd like your question to feature, then just send it in to us. And maybe, just maybe, we will feature you on a future show. We'll see you in two weeks' time. See you there. 